start right there because we talked about the lineage. Let's find the the chart here. And okay, do you see that? Can everybody see that? Can't. Okay. Well, I'll just have to explain it to you. Basically, what we have here is a chart, and they're all men. The next chart we'll see is wives and maidservants and all that. But our book now from 12 to 50 basically comes from uh, Abraham, which is here, to where we're going to hear Joseph. So we've already done 1 through 11. We went through Noah, Adam, Cain, Abel. We went there. Now we're here. So Abram has two sons, as you notice it. And then we come, and the big deal in, in all of Genesis 12 through 50 is these characters here. So now we're in this vein, and it's important for us to see that. Next chart. The next chart shows uh, the women involved. Abraham, uh, he, had, he had Ishmael out of Hagar. By Sarah was Isaac and Kentra, and had all these kids. By Rebekah came Jacob. Jacob is a big deal in our story this week, and that's why we're focusing in on that. And also know that Zephah and Bala, whatever, those are maidservants. However, Leah and Rachel are wives. So that's how the 12 tribes of Judah come into play here. And from this lineage down comes David and Jesus Christ. So the good thing about us biblically is that we can actually define and show where we come from. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of Ancestry.com going on lately. Everybody want to know who they are and where they come from. Well, the good news is we came from the lineage of Abraham. Any way you shake it, we're going to be all right. Don't matter what tribe you're from, what nationality, it's all good. In Christ Jesus, Gentiles came in and was inherited into the, amen? So we're in the house. Can somebody say amen for being in the house? Well, this morning, I'm going to take my take on four characters. What we're going to do is, first and foremost, we're going to clear out and make sure that we understand that God is called the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Throughout Scripture, we find that over 12 times, he himself refers to himself as, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I mean, that's pretty proud when a dad will say, you know, like I can say, I got two sons. I am the father of Michael and Morgan. And boldly tell everybody that these are my sons. Well, Abraham had no problem of declaring who he was as a father, but he made doggone sure that he, anybody that knew who they were were in that lineage. Right? Because David knew and heard. So here it is in full play. So these three men, I believe, this morning, I'm going to talk about a human trinity. We know who the spiritual trinity is, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But I believe Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is a human trinity. It all kind of comes together, and we're going to put it together here because I believe it really works. Well, repeatedly in Scripture, we see that Abraham is referred to as father. Right? Anybody heard that he's the father of many nations? Okay, Genesis 17, 5 says that. Galatians 3, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 14 in the New Testament refers to him as father. The biggest one is Romans 4, 16, where he is referred as the father of them all. Ah, in the New Testament, Paul turns around and says, Abraham's the father of us all. He knew. He was a man. He was a scholar. He knew the things of God. He knew the Torah. So he referred to that, and he said he's the father of all to what? All Jew and Gentile. Someone say, thank you, Gentile. That's us. So this is certainly a parallel, I believe, to the Father. I just want to make that as far as the, the 
the power of knowing human and spirit. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And I'm taking Abraham as father here as the part of the Trinity. So it is awesome to know that even Malachi says, don't all of us have one father? Don't all of us have one father? Has it one God create us all? Amen. So that is cool to put all that together. So it makes perfect sense to understand how he becomes the father and his name is the father. Same as the father, the son, and the Holy Spirit. As we continue on, of course, Abraham has Isaac. So I guess Isaac is in that trend too. And we, 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 we got to recall how important that this is. We got to see that when we saw the video, how powerful this relationship was. And it's in Genesis 22. If you read your thing this week, Genesis 22 is a powerful thing. And Abraham was ordered by God to what? Sacrificially give up Isaac. And, and Abraham knew that that was his, his heir son. He knew that uh, Ishmael was not because uh, he had Ishmael through Hagar. But he knew this was his son because God promised not only that he would be the father of many nations, but also his wife, Sarah, would bear that son. Amen? So it's pretty cool to watch how this thing works, but I like to compare it with the same thing with the Jesus. You know, we got the Father, Son, Jesus. Think about that. Abraham carries up to the mountain. He carries his son up to the mountain to sacrifice him. He's, he's Abraham's only son. They journey up to Mount Moriah. Somebody better write that down because this is pretty cool. Up to Mount Moriah on a three-day journey. A three-day journey onto Mount Moriah. God's only begotten son also was, was what? Crucified on Calvary, which Calvary is also on the same Mount Moriah. Whoa. Just on different ends there, but if you look at it on a map. So the three-day journey is, could have been the death of Isaac. But then one Jesus, too, he was in the grip of death for three solid days in a tomb. But just as death could not hold Jesus down, death would not take a hold of Isaac. Amen. You know, sometimes God will tell us to do something. He just wants to see if we'll do it or not. I mean, he had to carry Isaac up the hill and all that. And he had to get up there and carry him and had a little conversation. We're going to come up here and sacrifice. I wonder if he said just straight out, we're going to sacrifice you. But the angel of the Lord did not permit Isaac, right, to be killed. Okay. But think about that. Both Mount Moriah. So that's powerful to understand the, the Old Testament way and the New Testament. Now, Abraham had great faith because you know what? He trusted that God would not let Isaac die. Why? Because he knew. He even said in Scripture, he said, well, if God does, he'll raise him back up. Now, I don't know about you, but that's some faith right there. I don't know. If God takes him, he'll raise him back up. How did he know that? God told him the promise. He knew the promise. See, sometimes we don't stand on the promises of God because we let the enemy, we let our circumstances take over and we start believing the circumstances more than we believe God's promises. Ah, but we stand on his promises. The other thing is pretty cool. The parallel with Isaac, the son, carried his own wood as a sacrifice up the hill just as Jesus carried his own wood. The cross... So that parallel is powerful. Now we get to Jacob. Jacob, oh my goodness. How in the world are we? We've got 
Jesus, that part, we've got the Father. Or how in the world, by watching that video and reading the book, how do you put the Holy Spirit with Jacob? Jacob, man, he was a deceiver his whole life. He was a con artist. So what role could the Holy Spirit do with him? Because he was a rotten, filthy, no good sinner. Can I get an amen? (laughs) A rotten, no good sinner. We've all been there. We're all still that. We're just a little bit more cleaned up. We, we, ain't, we ain't free from all that because we're human. But, but, but we're a little bit better off than we were because we're in Christ Jesus. So when you start taking this thing and you're thinking about it, oh, man. Mm. What do we do now? Mm. Well, number one, what does the Holy Spirit do to us? Does it not draw us to the Father? Does the Holy Spirit not bring us? Is that what it does? The Bible's very clear that if we believe in Jesus Christ, that it brings us because we're drawn by the Spirit. No one comes unto the Father unless they're drawn. The Holy Spirit draws us just like that no good scoundrel sinner and all the stuff he did, just like the Holy Spirit does to us. It draws us in. Amen? And so even though Jacob is the third member of of Abraham, what we have here is a fine picture of him being the work of the Holy Spirit. He's the work because there is no way God would pick him. Why would God pick somebody that did all these terrible things? It don't make any sense. First, let's just just take Jacob as a picture. He was involved in trickery, deceit, and he schemed a lot. Amen? But following that, he met with the angel of the Lord and he had a wrestling match. And some people call the angel of the Lord, when you see it in the Old Testament, Jesus. He had a wrestling match with God Almighty. Got kind of dislocated in that fight. But something happened during that fight. He learned a lesson. Now watch this now. Anybody ever heard you reap what you sow? For years he deceived people. Now for the rest of his life when you read after the wrestling. He was people deceived him. Huh? All of his sons deceived him. Lied to him. All his sons came back and said. Oh Joseph got killed by a wild animal. He's dead and gone. We're sorry Papa. We don't know what happened. Oh, what an ultimate lie. All the brothers kill a boy and you go home and tell your daddy. See, he began, people deceived him for the rest of his life. So we say Jacob was converted by the Holy Spirit. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. Then the conversion. Jacob, because of his spirit, he became a new man. After that wrestling, he became a new man. His heart was converted and he was changed by faith. He believed at this time. So his life took a drastic change and went on to do things with the Lord. The Holy Spirit worked faith in Jacob's heart, continually increased it. Come on. And so Jacob was a work in progress. Can somebody say, I'm a work in progress? It took years for him to overcome what he had done in his past. But because of the Holy Spirit working in him, battling with the Lord, and ended up finding out who God really was, he changed his mind. In this way, he is a type of workings of the Holy Spirit. That's what it does for us. Secondly, in addition to the Holy Spirit's role of creation and conversion. Ooh, this is so good. Mm. And then I'm still thinking, how did God do this to this man? He was the, the Holy Spirit's the creator and the sustainer. Remember reading that in scripture? The sustainer, builder. That's what the Holy Spirit does in us. It builds us. It helps us. See, when we have the Holy Spirit... 
It builds us. It helps us. All our lives, now that we're born again, we receive Jesus Christ. We accepted the Son. Now our whole lives is walking and trying to get better with Jesus Christ. Trying to get better with God. Walking through that line. But the wonderful thing about it, He builds us. The Holy Spirit builds us. Inside of us all, when we get ready to do something wrong, we know it's wrong. That's there. It's like, it's wrong. Why do we do that? But the Holy Spirit will guide us. So catch this. He also helped Jacob grow and function as a man of God. We see that in any begin to function. See, our goal is we begin to do the things of God. We don't just talk about them. We begin to do. Begin to take that action that the Holy Spirit's given us, and we do. We take action. And it's like the testimony that she had. We just do. We do what we need to do. This week, I got a call. Somebody who needed their, um, their car jumped off. And, and I went there, drove over there. And couldn't, they couldn't get it jumped off. Couldn't get it jumped off. And then finally, they said to me, they said, um, I just, I'll just wait a while. Maybe it'll crank later. I said, no, let, you know, we've tried all this. Why don't we try praying? And I said, in the name of Jesus, crank in Jesus' name. He got in the car. <laughs> cranked up he looked back at me shook that head because he ain't quite walking with the lord but it's like he knew that god just showed up so and and when i prayed when i touched the car and i closed my eyes i said lord don't do it for me do it for him that was the key to the prayer i said lord do it for him and so praise god it cranked up so now Jacob was the builder of what? The Israelite Jewish nation. Remember, he had 12 sons and 12 descendants. He became the the father of the tribe of Israel. The Old Testament, in one side, think about it. He became the tribe, and because of his descendants, the tribe of Judah that was to carry on, the descendants came about. Oh, isn't it funny that Jesus has 12 disciples? Hmm. Just thought I'd throw that in there. I love numbers. Even though I'm not a very good mathematician. Now remember, Jacob's name got changed. He's doing well now. He's doing things for God. He's actually moving in the right direction. And God changed his name to Israel. God changed his name to Israel. That is so powerful. In Genesis 32, 28 or 35, 10, you'll find that that term Israel also is dedicated to the Holy Church in the New Testament. Sometimes that church is represented as the Israel. So it was the creation of faith in the hearts of Jacob. And all the the descendants that he had, we saw the genealogy coming down. It moved in the church and the ultimate descendant of that from Jacob was Jesus Christ. The final work of salvation came through the lineage of Jacob. That scoundrel, no good. (laughs) It's never too late to change. It's never too late to change. Well, I'll tell you this. You can't change until you get the Spirit in you. Because it's only until you get saved, you get the Spirit in you, then then can you walk in the things of God. So it's like then it's a journey. We all have not arrived this morning, praise God. We don't come to church because we're holier than thou. We come because we're sick and sinners. And we just want to communicate with God. We want to worship Him. We want him to have the same mercy on us as he had on Jacob. We're not cocky and arrogant because we know so much weird. We know how to pray. Um, No, 
We come because we need it. We want the word. We want to grow just as Jacob grew. Amen. So it comes to this point. And when you think about the aspect of the Trinity, <laughs> since triune means three in one. Triune means three in one. And also, it also means one by one. Triuno means one by one. So when we take the genealogy and we take Jacob, and after he wrestled with God, we move on to that place where he finally got his faith together. We understand that one by one, the Bible says they all died in faith. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob all died in faith. But let me tell you a little something. When you look that thing up, the only ones that were mentioned all in the same time was Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You had Rebecca, you had the names, you had Joe, you had this, and, and, and Hebrews 11. But then here you have them all the same. Why? You can't separate the three. They are the three amigos, praise God. They are tight. You know, they are together. They are all that. So, <laughs> We cannot say anything other than that that is a true representation of what the Holy Spirit does for us, what does for him. And they were a powerful combination. To be sure, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, say this with me, they're not perfect. And they're not by any means close to being the triune God of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But they are a type and a parallel of that. And yet also God moves in each and every one of us. In the power that operated in them by the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we too can be a human trinity. Because God has no plan B. He only has humanity. There is no plan B. You are plan A. You can clown around all you want and you can act a fool, but you plan A. And you play a part in this genealogy. Amen? So the last one I want to do is I want to bring this one up. And this is the most important because out of the 12 tribes of Judah and out of what, uh, what um, Jacob and Abraham put down the line was very important. Now watch this. Then there was a man named Joseph. And then Joseph, of course, if you know the story, he was, and we mentioned he was God's favorite. We're showing a picture here. That's him on the throne right there. And that's his brothers around when they came and glory to God. They had to bow down to him. <laughs> Joseph had dreams of his parents and his brothers bowing down to him. And the brothers hated him because he was so cocky, had dreams. And they knew that dad loved them more than her, him more than us. How did they know that? He got the robe of the cup, many colors. I mean, you know, as a family, you're looking at the brothers going, how did he get that coat? Why didn't I get the coat? Well, the Bible says he was his favorite. I mean, you know, sometimes that thing works. So the brothers sell him into slavery. And they tell him, of course, Dad, I'm sorry, we were out there getting what you told us. And he died. A big animal came along and chewed him up and ate him. Number one, Joseph was forsaken. Joseph is sold to the Ishmaelites, Ishmaelites who take Joseph to Egypt. Joseph is put into prison while in Egypt. And while he was in there for years and years and years, he was forgotten. I hope you're writing this down. Number one, he was forsaken. Number two, he was forgotten. Joseph is sold as a slave to Potiphar. Now, Potiphar's wife tries to seduce him and falsely accuse Joseph of assaulting her. It's been 20 minutes. And 
falsely accused. So we have Joseph forsaken, forgotten, falsely accused. Now, while in prison, he gets a reputation that he gets these dreams and he starts interpreting dreams for everybody in prison. Everybody's like, what? That dude can tell things, man, to come to pass. He is awesome. So he repeatedly, and I want to say this again, if you read the story of Joseph, which I know you did, that repeatedly, I think eight times, it was said that the Lord was with Joseph while he was in prison. The Lord was with Joseph when he was in the desert. The Lord was with Joseph when he was put back into prison. The Lord was with Joseph. I, can, I, can somebody just say your own name? The Lord is with Mitchell. Say your own name. It's powerful. When you boldly can say the Lord is with me. Amen. So Joseph is promoted to what? Deputy Pharaoh of Egypt, praise God. He is the man now. Joseph is called the Pharaoh and correctly interprets Pharaoh's dreams. He counsels Pharaoh. He is the right-hand man. His dreams are being fulfilled. His dream is, number one, there's going to be a famine for seven years. We all can learn something about this story. There's a famine coming in America. Let me just go ahead and warn you right now. Save up. Do some stuff. Make sure you're covered because you never know when a famine's coming. Because every one of us in this room, we're pretty much dependent on somebody else to grow our food. We're pretty much dependent on somebody else raising our cattle so we can eat. So we need to start thinking about what they did. So he, the dream says there'll be seven years of harvest and there'll be seven years of famine. So Pharaoh said, do what you got to do, Joseph. And he stockpiled and stockpiled and stockpiled and stockpiled all the harvest. And then after he did that, all the regions around the world were in famine and they had to come to Egypt to them to get goods, to buy harvest, to buy food and everything there. They were the ones. And guess who shows up to get some food? Those brothers are his. Jacob is back home and he sends his sons down there to get some food. And of course, you know the story. At one time, Joseph saw it. He recognized who they were. He questioned them about who they were, where they were from. Then he knew that that was his brothers and he had to dismiss himself and go behind the curtain and cry. He was like shocked by this. But what did he do? He didn't take revenge. He moved with compassion and mercy. They tricked him a little bit and made a kind of mess with him a little bit. Started putting stuff in their pockets, make it look like they stole it and we got him in trouble. You remember that? And he kind of, he kind of toured with him a little bit. He said, I'm going to have a little fun with him. And so, but yet the bottom line is that he had mercy. And grace. What does that mean? That not only that, that Jacob was used to bring the new nation to Egypt. He taught Pharaoh into having the Israelites come in in that land and begin to build. And he alone, Joseph, was responsible not only to restore his brothers, but to restore the whole nation of Israel. Let me see what the number is here. The Egypt... Israelites grew to a nation of over one million people. Because of his power and influence, his love for God and knowing who he was, finally was at that place, praise God, where, you know, you get to that place. I don't know about you, there's somebody in this room this morning. There's some of you that have been forsaken. You, you, you think you've been forgotten. And, and maybe somebody's falsely accused you. And then, then one day, if you just stay with the Lord, he was favored. So we see he was favored. We got to stand on that same promise. God don't want us to lose out. So let me explain this to you. Joseph had 21 years of a hard, tough, prison, slave life. But 71 years he was blessed. 
Some people, I just don't even live 71 years. So, God, if you just want to start blessing me right now, I'll take it. <laughs> Amen. So 21 years of a hard life, and then he stuck with it. He didn't give up on God. He stood with his promise. He stood on the dream that God gave him. He didn't let anybody beat him. He didn't let slavery. He didn't let somebody make fun of him. He didn't let somebody accuse him, stop him from knowing, I had a dream. I have a dream. And it was given to me by God. And he stood and he stood and he stood. Nowhere in the scripture do we say, he said, I just give up. I'm just going to die in this prison. That must have been that pizza I ate that night and gave me that crazy dream. I don't know what it was. So as we close today, just remember. Genesis 12. I mean, um, Genesis, yeah, Genesis 1, 12 through 50. Knowing that God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Knowing that each one... Isaac had a type and shadow. Abraham was a type and shadow of the Father. Isaac was a type and shadow of Jesus. Jacob was a type and shadow of the Holy Spirit. And because of all those working together, you and I are in this room today with a heritage we can declare ours.